you are listening to The Current Daily, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Thursday, July 16th. Today we once again go outside the scope of IT services for our interview, and it is totally worth it. David Carlos spoke with Tammy Blevins, chair of the UC San Diego Black Staff Association. I'm going to go off script just for a second. I know that a couple of our conversations have been so full of great information that they've extended a little longer than other episodes have been. And when I got David's interview and plugged it into the editing software, I was like, oh gosh, here we go, another long one. But as I was editing it, and keep in mind, it takes me far longer to edit it than it takes you to listen to it. It did not feel long. This is one of my favorite episodes now. It's such a fantastic conversation. I'm very proud to present this conversation with Tammy Blevins. Thank you, David Carlos, for setting this up and take it away, David. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is David Carlos, and today we have Tammy T. Blevins, who is the Associate Director for Faculty and Staff Giving here at UCSD. She is also the chair of the UCSD Black Staff Association. Hello, Tammy. Thank you for joining Hi. us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> really appreciate that. It is so so great to have you on, and I know we've known each other for a while now, and uh, it's always been a pleasure to have our chats, and now to have one recorded between us. <laughs> yeah, I think what we met, what, three years ago? And I think we hit it off, like, from the moment that we, we actually met, and I think we went and had coffee. <laughs> we, we certainly did, yeah, yeah, absolutely, just kind of... Kismet, I guess. It just had that connection where we just started talking and, and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> um, so speaking of the UCSD and, and the past, tell us about your time here at UCSD and also, you know, about your involvement with the Black Staff Association. Absolutely. So let me see. I started here at UCSD. I've been here 14 years, over 14 years now. I'll make 15 years in December. And I started as a development assistant. And I think it was a development assistant too. They don't even have that level anymore. <laughs> and I moved up to become an executive assistant and then a program manager with Chancellor's Associates. And then I moved up to be the associate director for Chancellor's Associates in 2012. I supported the, that program for about eight years. And then I became the associate director for faculty and staff giving. And that started in 2017, at the tail end of 2016, but we rolled it out campus-wide in 2017. Back in, I think it was about 2014, I became involved with the Black Staff Association. And at that time, it was under the leadership where I worked under the umbrella of Alumni Association uh -huh. under the leadership of Armin Afsahi. And I moved to campus. So all the way up until that point, I actually worked off campus at what's, what was then called Executive Drive. We were not even at TPCN. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. So once I came to campus and I went to the my very first event that the Black History Month Committee put on at the faculty club, and it was our um, the annual brunch. And I was just like, wow, what is this? Why haven't I heard about this before? And, and how can I get involved? So my response to getting involved was actually to join the Black Staff Association. And um, I started off as the treasurer and I served as a treasurer for a couple of years. And then I served as a co-chair for a couple of years under Franklin Garrett, who was the chair at the time. And now I have become the elected chair (laughs) of the Black Staff Association. It has been interesting. Uh, My time here on the campus, I've had some really good years and I've had some years that have been kind of tough. Yeah. I mean, you know, just trying to put myself in a position where I can move up and, you know, and pr- promote to the next level. It, it gets really, really difficult. I think a lot of it depends on, you know, who your supervisors and who your leadership are. And sometimes you get those that, you know, help to push you and to guide you so that you can promote and move up. And sometimes you don't and you kind of yeah. can get lost in the in the um shuffle and you can become stagnated. And I joined BSA partially because I wanted to see what I could do to, you know, not only to help my own situation, but to help other people. As people, once you become involved in one of the affiliate groups, as, as I'm sure you know, people will come to you and say, hey, I'm trying to do this or I'm having this kind of issue. I can't get across this obstacle. You know, what can I do? They're looking for resources. They're looking for guidance and they're looking for so to speak, family, someone that they can trust and people, a group that you can trust and and be with and be able to openly talk and be transparent and know that there are people who are trying to help you. Yeah, that's one of the things that I noticed being involved in the staff association as well is the the networking opportunities, the commitment, the people that come to you that want to talk to you, want to learn more. Um, It's really great. You know, networking opportunities is is huge there. Absolutely. That's probably the one, one of the best things about it because you meet you know, so many cool people that you probably wouldn't get an opportunity to meet because of the different gatherings, the different meetings that we have. One of the things that I love is the diversity luncheon that, you know, the annual diversity luncheon, and we all come there with the different foods and, and everything like that. It's just, it's one of the best things that, you know, that I feel like we do, but yeah, networking and resources. And the diversity luncheon, whoever has not participated on that, you need to get on that. When we come back to campus, get on it. You're missing out. So tell me, what is your proudest accomplishment participating in the Black Staff Association? There's been a few of them. Back in, I think it was, I want to say 2015, when the whole Trayvon Martin, we did a a hands up, I can't breathe type session and a workshop. And it was held in the Chancellor's Complex. And when I tell you that we had standing room only, it was people were standing around the room and there were people standing in the doorways because it was such a need on campus for this kind of of thing to be addressed. And BSA held that forum because we were not seeing leadership that was saying that was giving opportunity and space for us to talk about how we were feeling and talk about what was actually happening in the Black community. 
it's really difficult when you're going into work and knowing that, you know, people in your community you know, are, are dying and being killed and police brutality and these things were happening. You know, you're embodying it because yeah. you're feeling it and you're feeling the brunt of it in your homes. And then you have to come to work and it's not addressed or you're not supposed to talk about it because it's not work related. <laughs> and it and it was it was very difficult and you know as people started feeling it there was also a shooting that took place right up in La Jolla and a young black woman mother of two was killed by somebody who categorized by um you know in the news as having mm-hmm. a bad day because his girlfriend broke up with him and this woman lost her life and and wow. you know it was something you know that was mentioned because there were people who lived, um, who work on campus, who lived in that community. And they were very shaken by it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we did, you know, that was one of the biggest accomplishments back then. And then more recently with EBI in place, we actually partnered with EBI and they, Diane, like she came out and, you know, she uh, interviewed with us. She took us out, you know, for, we had, Several uh, separate meetings with her where she talked with us and was asking questions about, you know, what was going on? What's the climate for you? You know, how are you feeling and how are you addressing things? As a result of that, we partnered with EDI, BSA did, and we did some professional development workshops. So one of the things that we found in 2018 that Black staff were looking for was how can we excel? You know, how can we move up the ladder? You know, looking for promotions feeling slighted in evaluations, in our performance evaluations and different things like that. Um, And so we literally had a panel discussion. Um, Edie, uh, Diane spoke at it. We had Glenda Davis and several people in different levels of their careers at UCSD who were our panelists to talk about how to get to that next level. And that was very successful. That I can see is helping kind of get your own mindset about what your opportunities are. How do I overcome those barriers, right? Yes. That's, that's amazing. Here, here we are again, right, with uh, civil unrest, with the protests. More and more we see on the news Black people getting shot and killed. And how is the Black Staff Association involved now? Like, what are you all up to in regards to, like, the Black Lives Movement Sure. So again, with the with the whole civil unrest and everything, you know, that came on the heels of, uh, you know, while we were in the midst of COVID-19, which, you know, we still are. But at the end of May, you know, when all of these things started really coming to light now, you have to understand for us, us being the black community, all of these things are already prevalent in our lives, depending on how much you let it in. Right. Right there are some Black people that might be removed from it. But for the majority of us, that was hitting hard. And being at home and working at home, having your news on, which is different, right, from from working and, and, and having and hearing about everything that's been happening, and it was very prevalent on the media. You're at work and you're getting all of these different emails and you're in meetings and you're trying to deal with your emotions because it's hard not to face it. The rest of the world becomes aware of it because time has slowed down and we are working remotely and we are at home 
and for those who are working, right? Because you have so many millions of people, as we know, who are currently unemployed. So now the rest of the world is becoming more aware of what's happening and what's happening on a consistent basis. It's like it's in your face. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So working remotely has is also has a different challenge because we're not at work. We're not in the office, but we're still working and we still need to address these things. So BSA, we started coming together again, really, since everything had been shut down in June. And I called a meeting and I said, hey, we need to check in with each other. I don't know what's going on with my colleagues. I don't know what's hap- what's going on with you because we're all in our own separate silos, right? So we started meeting and talking about it and we decided we needed to do something for black staff and faculty. And and we also took into consideration students. And then as we started meeting, we formulated this wonderful idea to to come together and provide sessions that would provide um, healing and education around anti-Blackness and racism. Institutionalized racism or systemic racism is a beast. It's huge. And for us, we wanted to be able to provide staff, our colleagues across campus, and this also includes health systems. We wanted to be able to provide a space where we can come together and actually talk about how we're feeling, share what's happening for us, not only as it relates to the community and the world at large, but right here at UC San Diego. Because even on our campus, we experience bias, we experience prejudice, we experience racism, we experience a whole lot of different things that on a normal basis, we don't talk about. We deal with it, we work through it. We work in spite of it, but it does affect us. It affects us emotionally and mentally. It basically, it affects our health and our wellness and our well-being, and that needs to be addressed. So we decided to bring in Professor Starla Lewis, a professor out at La Mesa, and I believe she's also taught at San Diego State University, but she is a very well-known and loved figure in the Black community where I live in Southeast San Diego. Um, And she works in higher education. So she understands the systemic racism that happens within a university. And so she is somebody that we brought in so that we can give all of us, being faculty and staff, our supporters and our allies, an opportunity to participate and not have to facilitate a discussion. I want to say thank you for being a part of this community, really, for being uh, that leader that cares about people on campus and enough to, to really make sure that these issues are discussed, that people need the help, because there are spaces that need, people need to grieve, people need to discuss. That is definitely something that really hits home so I really do honor you and thank you for doing that. You're uh, welcome. And our, you know, our first session, we, we definitely, we wanted to be able to provide a space for just Black faculty, staff, and including our administrators at all levels. I, you know, I'm really pushing the fact that we want 
everyone at all different levels, because for us to really be effective in addressing systemic racism, we all have to come to the table to hear the different perspectives. Yeah. So our very first session on July 16th is for um, Black, what I call Black UC San Diego. Um, and then the subsequent sessions, which there'll be three more, one on the 22nd, I believe the 27th, and then August 5th are open to everyone, including our allies and supporters um, who want to heal and who want to be a part of the discussion in addressing systemic racism and anti-Blackness. Okay, that's great. And I'll go ahead and post that. We'll have that on the, the newsletter when, when this podcast Perfect. goes out as well. Yes, um, I'll send the flyer to you so you'll okay. have it. Great, great. So, I mean, you gave us some great information on how to participate in these safe spaces, um, what else can we do? Oh, wow. Reach out. Reach out to your friends and colleagues, you know, who are Black and, and ask them how they're doing. Talk to them about it. Let them know that you're interested in being a part of the solution and not continuing to be a part of the problem. You know, a lot of the posts that I've seen and different during protests and so forth is Silence equals violence, you know, and so many people just say, oh, I'm just, I don't want to be a part of that. Oh, I don't agree with it, but, you know, I'm just going to be quiet or whatever. That's not what we need in order for us to heal as, you know, a community and, you know, the Triton community in order for us to heal in our personal communities and for the world to heal. You know, we really do have to accept what it is for what it is. Yeah. We have accept it for what it is in order to change it. We also have to do research and know our history. And that's why you'll see so many people who are attacking the school to prison pipeline and bringing to the forefront the actual history that Black people have been the backbone of building this nation in so many ways, in so many ways. And for the most part, you hear about it during Black History Month. But it should be something that is taught consistently and it should be something that we all are taught. We should, you know what I mean? Yeah, we talk about absolutely. the forefathers, you know, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln and, and all of that, but we need to be taught about what contributions and the things that black people have made to build this society. There's a lot of racial and negative slurs, you know, we'll just go back. Go back, yeah. back to Africa, go back, you know, right. which is a ridiculous thing to say because I was never in Africa. Right. I'm very proud of my culture. I'm very proud of my, my ancestors and the history, you know, things that came before me. And so now it's up to me to take that knowledge and to share it yeah. so that we don't continue to make the same mistakes that have been made over and over and then cover it up with lies. I think having those conversations, like those real um, conversations about race and racism in America, and not even in America, that's that's putting it too far outside, right? Racism in your own home, racism in your, with your colleagues, racism, like those are the conversations that we need right. to have. At work. At yes. work, right? <laughs> At work with the people yes. in our lives. Absolutely. And that's that's the only way we can really make a difference is having right. those. And we and we and it's it's really interesting because we all suffer from it. It's like you know, EDI did the talk on xenophobia. Asians have been getting it because of COVID nineteen and people being just ridiculous 
against anybody who's Asian just because they're Asian. You know, we've got the, you know, DACA and the Hispanics and Mexicans, you know, people being like, oh, just push back because we don't, the Mexicans are taking over. (laughs) It's it's just, all of those things to me are just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. If if we, if we, you know, really just humanize it and and look at the individual and just see like, we're all just people. Here. We're all just people, and there's good and bad in yeah. every single ethnicity. Yeah, <laughs> in all of us, there's yeah. good people and there's bad people. There's people who are, you know, resolution oriented, and then there's those people who are just out to get what they can when they can. But I personally, I want to be a part of the 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 of the resolution. Yeah. I want to help people, um, you know, see me for who I am. I want to see you for who you are. And, you know, whether you're in my life or a part of my life, that's a different thing. Just because you're a human being don't mean that you're going to be in my inner circle or anything like that. But I can respect you. And yeah. you can show respect to me as well. And that's what it's about. Absolutely. Yeah. Respect for one another and just acknowledge that we're all in this this time on this earth together, living together. We're all connected. We are all connected. <laughs> we're all connected. Yeah. Okay. So one final question. If you could have dinner with one person, who would it be? Oh my gosh. You know, this one is so hard because I have three people at the top of my list. <laughs> you know what? I'll give you three people. How about that? Like, yeah. what is the table going to look like? Okay. <laughs> Who's so the other? First and foremost, I think it would be Iana Van Zant for me, because Iana Van Zant is a healer. She is a doctor. She is a mother, a nurturer. And these are all things that I embody. She heals you from the inside out and builds you up to help you to be a better person. I would absolutely love to have dinner with her. I would even have coffee so we could have a cup of water. Because <laughs> I love her. I would love to meet or have dinner with Oprah Winfrey. Oh, Because she is a powerhouse. She is business-minded. She is a woman that just took her dreams. I mean, she conquered the world with her dreams. And it was just, you know, her start was, you know, she was just like me. I probably had a better childhood than her. But she took everything that that was in her and she said, this is my dream. And she went for it and she did not quit. And now she is one of... She is a very, very powerful woman, and she does a lot of good for people. She is philanthropic, and she builds people up. She, to me, is she is just a wonderful, wonderful woman. Just, I would love to have her as a mentor. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. (laughs) It really would. It really would. Okay, the final person would be Michelle Obama. Oh my gosh, I I love Michelle Obama. She was our first lady. She is my forever first lady. She embodied dignity and respect. And she is also just so powerful and influential in what she's given to us as a nation. 
the example that she set, everything that she did, her her life is very purposeful as well. Yeah. And, and she lives up to that purpose. She has lived up to that purpose. And she, with all, with everything that she has been through and everything that she has done and being our first lady, along with my forever president, um, <laughs> right? She taught us how to be you. She never, I don't think, I don't think she was ever pretentious. I just think that she was her and she led by example. I should say yeah. she led by example. Yeah. And I, I read, I read her book, Becoming. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Truly an amazing woman. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Shoot, I, I wouldn't even think about asking to sit with you at the table, but I'm going to probably sit, you know, next to you all. Just kind of, I know, kind of overhear what's going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like amazing dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Tammy, so much for uh, joining us. I, I appreciate you being here, taking the time, having this conversation with me and for the people who are listening to this podcast. Because again, I think it's important that we have these conversations and move forward, right? I mean, really, let's make some difference in our lives, in the lives of Black people in America, Black people around the world. So I really do appreciate you. And thanks for being here. Absolutely. And I thank you too. Being a, an eight change for, for Black people and making things better, you know, Black lives matter. And, and I know people would say all lives matter, and they do, but all lives don't matter if Black lives don't matter. Yeah. And so it's, I thank you for having me here, for allowing me space to talk and to really share, you know, how Black people on campus are feeling. And I am just grateful that I am part of the Black Staff Association and the Black History Month Committee, for that matter, so that I can help to affect change. And once we can affect this kind of change, you'll see that it's going to domino effect. It's going to go out across the world. The waves of change would be amazing because Black people as a people were very giving. We're very giving and forgiving and helpful. So it's like we can do a lot if we can just come together and, you know, and just build one another up. And I say that, you know, for Black people and for our supporters and our allies. For For everyone, right? Yeah. Everybody. For everyone. We can make this world a better place. We can. We can, for sure. (laughs) We're really lucky here at UCSC to have you as a contributor, as a person. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. David and Tammy mentioned the upcoming series, Born Free, Healing and Transcending Racism. Session one, intended for Black faculty, staff, and administrators only, is today at 2.30 p.m. We've got the relevant links posted on the homepage of The Current, and we also included it in the Daily Digest email this morning. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu.
www.ucmd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.